death metal band out of Denton with a couple of guys who'd been friends since grade school. One was named Cyrus, the other was Jeff, and they practiced twice a week in Jeff's bedroom. The best ever death metal band out of Denton never settled on a name, but the top three contenders after weeks of debate were Satan's Fingers and the Killers and the Hospital Bombers. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gallagher, and I am joined by the greatest podcast and tag team since um, since Mean Bowed. Uh, it's uh, Louis McCaffrey, the Mac Daddy's back. Um, wow. Mac McCaffrey, Mac Daddy. All right, it? yeah, yeah. So, co- yeah, no, I'm back, yeah, because co- last week's was shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This so gimmick. kind of need me. Yes. Uh, so I'm back, yep. The delusional podcaster gimmick is uh, terrific. Uh, and to my left-hand side, uh, two in a row. Uh, let's see if we can get the ten. It's uh, Alan Edgar. Oh, hello. How's How are you? I'm good. Good. I noticed you went anti-clockwise there instead of clockwise. Yes. Unusual. Yes, I... Makes it seem as if Louis a higher billing than me, which privately I'm, I'm furious. <laughs> furious. <laughs> Pretty upset. Yeah, I mean, your rider is quite big enough, uh, you know, <laughs> with the, the champagne, etc. Uh, but no, so 90 Minute Cynic uh, podcast and uh, iTunes, Louis, go on. Aye, iTunes is a thing. Um, <laughs> Do it. I'm kind of, that ship sailed. I think I'm going back to the flipboard, to be honest with you. Listen, flipboard is the way... If anybody's still got a flipboard the on their phone... Let us know. I literally went on Flipboard to, uh, last week because I, I, unintentionally I, I, there was a link to it from somewhere and uh, there was like articles from like 2012 and the 90-minute cynics preview of Euro 2012 and all this and it's just like fucking hell. Mm. Was the Euros in 2012? Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yes. Yes. yes Brian was still alive back then. <laughs> Brian did the, uh, Brian actually did the preview. Um, it's pretty good. So if you go on Flipboard and you search for 90 Minutes Cynic, uh, yeah, you'll be in for a, it's a time capsule. Board. If not though, Board. and you feel up to it, then go on to iTunes and give us some stars. Yeah, give us some stars. Uh, it'd be terrific. Um, uh, you know, I'll bring biscuits in, but let's not eat into the mics, okay? Oh, People get freaked out by it. That's it's, again. Yeah, well, there you go. You just go hungry. Uh, a couple of articles on the website, just some housekeeping, 90minutecynic.com, a couple of articles up this week. Christian did an article on the structure of the club and how he thinks his structure should be changed moving forward. It's a really interesting read. Did you read it, Alan? Yes, I did. What did you think of it? It was exactly what he had said last week. He wanted to put down in writing and he did exactly that. Yeah. Uh, he went and did it. He went and did it. No, it was, it was quite interesting. Uh, I did an article today about Neil Lennon and uh, if Neil Lennon is made the manager, what sort of positive uh, things he can bring forward. Uh, because, you know, we have been we've been accused of being very anti-Lennon. I don't think we're anti-Lennon. I just think we want to broaden our horizons. I don't see, see why we should just focus on, uh, you know, a, a small selection of coaches. Uh, and this is what we're going to kind of talk about. Neil Lennon is a, is a Celtic legend, but I don't want him as the permanent manager. And we'll come to that. Uh, minute by minute. Um, well, minute by minute on Saturday was terrific. Uh, a couple of tweets went out that people didn't sit too kindly with people. Um, but, you know, the minute by minute is taken by... Uh, taken over by someone uh, within the cynics it was Matt that was doing it on Saturday he had a tweet it was a tongue in cheek sort of joke people didn't take that as a joke but that's Twitter 
You know, that's Twitter Island. It's, it's all you can't They're define. Probably not even listening right now. Yeah. To be fair. We've lost thousands of listeners and it's all Matt's fault. Um, but no. Matt does fantastic previews for the for the site, 90 minutesinitcom Check them out. And uh, but having said that, I have fired all of the minute by minute staff. Well listen. These things happen. The small margins. Uh Christian was supposed to be on today, but he got sick. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll wait until we see the sick line. Yes, um, well, he's he, done us all, Manny. He can self, he can self certificate for five days. Not in this business. Not in this business. No. Uh, so, Manny, couldn't he come on? Um, he is chomping at the bit to get at you, wee man. Listen, he'll not be on until Moyes is heavily linked. <laughs> that's that's, oh. that's what he's sitting in his room waiting for. Uh, that's <laughs> that's where we are. Uh, so, looking at where we are in terms of Le- Neil Lennon as our manager, we have went into uh, the game at the weekend eight points clear. And obviously Rangers drop points against Hibs on Friday night. Rangers aren't very good, but that's just that's fact. But they aren't very good. But came to the Saturday, the opportunity to stretch early to, to 10 points came. And unfortunately, it finished nil-nil. I'm going to get your thoughts on the game. However, Martin Friel, uh, a long-time cynic, has tweeted a question for us. Saturday's grim performance is it a reflection of the current injury list or Lennon's hand at the wheel. Um, so before we kind of break the game down in terms of what happened, thoughts on that question, Alan? It's, it's hard to answer. Um, my worry is that we had a full week to prepare for the game and didn't really have a game plan. But it's hard to tell whether it was just Aberdeen that thwarted it because Aberdeen are... They, they are a very good side and we've found it tougher every time we've kind of went up against them with the exception of a few kind of odd results. So I, I, I'll always preface it by saying that Aberdeen are, are a really well-organised team, especially under McInnes. They kind of know what Celtic are going to try and do and they probably have had a little boost now by the fact as well that obviously with Brendan Rodgers leaving. But I'm a bit worried that we didn't have... More? Yeah, um, and I know injuries, there's so many factors, so the, the, unfortunately there's not a short answer, but I'm more worried coming out of the weekend than I was going into it. Um, just on the basis that we had a full week to prepare for that game, and there was a few insights that will come on to when we start talking about the game that, that really did worry me in terms of that 90 minutes alone and what that we can maybe expect going forward yeah. from that game. Louis, let me ask you this. Um mm-hmm. Do you think that to an extent we lack respect for Aberdeen? Um, there's almost an arrogance at times, not all the time, but, and I'm, I'm, I don't get me wrong, I'm guilty of it myself. Sometimes we just assume we're going to beat teams. Sometimes we go into it specifically at home games. Now, Aberdeen on Saturday was the first time we dropped points this season at home in the league. Aberdeen are third in the league, they are, as Alan says, they're a well-organised machine. They're, they, they know how to play against us. Doesn't necessarily mean they win every time. A lot of the time it does take a moment of, you know, excellence from a Tom Rogic or, you know, Scott Sinclair in the last home game with the wee back heel and stuff. Um, do we sometimes underestimate them? I don't know I don't know if we so much underestimate them. I think, I think we always generally... Everybody thinks that they're going to get a tough game when they face Aberdeen. Are we really too worried that we're going to lose the game? Maybe not. But we would always, I would certainly expect to have a tough afternoon against Aberdeen. Probably, arguably, one of the toughest, if not the toughest 
games that you're going to face in the league season. Yeah. Um, and Aberdeen are a bit of a difficult one to kind of judge because obviously they have like a result like they had against Hamilton where Hamilton went up there and won 2-0. And then next week they pretty much dominate Rangers and probably will be disappointed that they didn't put them out of the cup um, in, the, in the first game. So they can be a wee bit of a basket case, Aberdeen. Yeah. But they had such a poor start to the season and yet they turned it around massively over a, a, a two, three-month spell to now they're, they're in third and you, you have to give them the credit for that. I mean, we're going to come on to the game, but um, I thought it was a Brendan Rodgers team playing without Brendan Rodgers. I didn't necessarily think it was Lennon's fault. Um, there's a couple of things that started to creep in. Well, you know, it would be quite noticeable from the first couple of games, the fact that we keep booting it long and things like that, which I don't know if that's Lennon or not, but I, I wouldn't say that... A lot of people I, have been crying out for that this season. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that Neil Lennon's to blame in the sense that he, he, he surely hasn't had enough time to really influence those players. It's one thing doing it in, a train, in the training pitch to not sound like John Collins, but um, it's one thing to do it there with Lennon shouting at you, but I think once they get into that frame of mind when they're actually on the pitch, surely they're just going to be doing more or less what they've been doing for the last few years. Alan, what did you make of the game overall? What's your kind of initial thoughts on it? Um, well, I was there on Saturday. It was it was a difficult one. And I don't think the players would enjoy it. I don't think anybody that went on Saturday would have enjoyed it. But I don't think you can lay it all squarely at Neil Lennon, certainly. Um, Louis' point about Rogers without Rogers is actually uh, that, that, that's a really, really good point. Again, I wish I'd come up with it myself, to be honest. <laughs> um, that's what it seemed like. So, can I break the game down? The first 45 minutes were not dissimilar to how we've played under Rodgers this year. We kept possession. Maybe occasionally we tried the straight pass from midfield right through the middle. Aberdeen are too good a team to beat with one straight pass, especially from maybe Scott Brown or Neil Beaton. They're not going to lose a goal no. like that. But I think the second half was a bit more revealing in terms of when we started making changes. The thing that I was concerned about um, was that pretty much for about 55 minutes the game got really really frantic we lost the control that we probably had over the game in the first half now we had control over the game in the first half but we weren't creating chances but as Louis said as well at the start we weren't in any danger of losing the game but in the second half I think that changed and it just from 55 60 minutes onwards it became so frantic and we just got into a kind of battle with Aberdeen the change that we made that I think everybody kind of spotted was James Forrest went into the middle of the park and we did that against Hibs and it became really important. Against Aberdeen, a team that sit really deep with two really banks, rigid a, as well. four or five, yeah. taking a winger whose strength is facing players up and trying to kind of take them on one-on-one and moving them into a number 10 position that he's not really played a great deal of. And if he does, he needs to play against a team that play relatively high up where he can pick the ball up and run or he can try and run in behind or pick up the ball deep and drive. Aberdeen are not that team. No. And we persisted with that for, it must have been 30, 35 minutes. And that was just an entire waste. James Forrest, you could see him getting lost in the game in much the same way that Henderson was in the first half. And it's a, almost a misuse of arguably your best player on the park or, at that point. Yeah. And that's a, that for me is a bit of a worry. Fair enough that you try it, it doesn't work. But to persist with it for 35 minutes as well with Ollie Buck out right who obviously struggled. Oli Burke had a, had a really poor game in terms of touch. Um, 
but we know that that's not his strongest point. But there was times again. This is I feel like um, it's just a just a perfect storm of just a lot of things. What were you going to say, Louis? No, I was just going to say that I think that I think that team is always going to struggle in the sense that you, I mean, we, as Alan was saying there about not being able to control things and letting things get a bit frantic when usually we would just kind of calm things down and play our game We're, we've not got the players who are are controlling players, we don't have Callum McGregor there to dictate things and be that metronome We don't have, we've, we've we got, don't have Christy breaking the lines Exactly, yeah. we don't, we lack a lot of creativity in the middle of the pitch. Obviously, that's why he's tried to bring Forrest into the middle, and it's not worked. But I think we're starting to really see that we're missing McGregor most of all, I think. But we're also missing Christie. We're missing the likes of Rogic. And I think it's... I mean, we we had a laugh about near Beaton, and I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that him and Brown together are just not... It's not, not good it's news. It's not going to work. Uh, the transitions... Sorry, Helen, you were going to say? I, I thought Neil Beathon did actually have a good game at the weekend, but I agree that he'd, him and Brown don't work together. I actually thought Scott Brown had a, a really, really poor game yeah. uh, on Saturday, and he tried to recover it by doing the things that he normally does very well, and sometimes you just have bad days. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of coincided. Um, I thought for Aberdeen Shinny was excellent actually on the day and Scott Brown had an off day and if you would have told me that before the game then I would have probably said that you know nil nil or whatever as long as we don't get beat yeah um, I think I think that's the main the main thing we're now at a point where you know we're at the business end of the season it's a phrase I despise but here we are um we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about where we are t- towards kind of later on in the pod but um but we do kind of just um have to match whatever Rangers do or just do better than, or, or and look, I know we're eight points are clear, but the fact that Rangers dropped points on Friday made that defeat. And sorry, well there you go. The, the fact that Rangers dropped points on Friday made the draw with Aberdeen more palatable. I think, because but, that, but that's classic. That how many times has that happened where one team's dropped points before the other, and then the other one goes and emulates it? It happens time and time again. I don't think it's anything. I mean, to, I wonder. To worry about, but the thing, the the worrying thing, not the worrying thing, but the slightly annoying thing is the fact that as soon as that result happened, it heaped a lot of pressure. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to go and win that game at the weekend that we probably didn't need. Everybody's like, it can be over, it'll be over, win this game, it'll be over. I think it probably well, would have been well, over though. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Though, maybe, if we, but I, I would argue that it already is. Just match it. I don't. Don't. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I, I really can't see us capitulating so much in them winning every single game. I, I think. I mean, I mean, that's been the cry too many times this year. We, they, well, again, we'll get to this later on in the pod. But focusing on the game, you, you were pointing at something. Yeah, we think. Sorry, it was just a quick last point. The other thing. No, we've um, got we've got time. Like, make points. This is why we're here, Alan. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate this. Good. As long as they're against Neil Lennon, you platform. Um, it, it was really obvious from the start of the game, and I think that's why it was kind of important, that Lennon or the coaching team had told one of the two centre-halves, and inevitably it ended up being Chris Ayer, um, to step out of the ball to the extent that he continually did it. In the first half, it worked quite a few times, actually probably had our best chance in the game, um, Ayer, but... In the second half, Aberdeen actually very quickly cottoned on to it. And what you actually see is Boyata and I are both standing about 10 yards into the Aberdeen half. And the two Aberdeen wingers starting to edge a wee bit out if they feel that Celtic are just on the verge of losing the ball. 
and we very nearly got caught out with once in the second half. But it was just something that it kind of highlighted the frantic nature of the game that we, about 60 minutes in, felt as if we had to score a goal. You had players running for the ball, you had them screaming at ball boys to get the ball back in. That's great, but it was kind of symptomatic of a team that just needed to calm down, settle down. Sometimes against Aberdeen, you just need to wait for that one chance, but they didn't show that patience. And I think right from the off, um, the kind of highlight was get right at Aberdeen. You know, if it takes one of the centre-halves to step out to break the ranks, do it. But I, I don't want to see our centre-halves being the guys to break lines, especially 10 minutes into a game. I want it to be midfielders, wingers, etc. And I just think it showed a wee bit of impatience. Um, do you think that was Le- my concern. Do you think Neil Lennon just needs to almost just let things work out the way they've been working out. Do you think if he tinkers too much, then it'll maybe confuse the, confuse the players? Because as you say, if there's a, you know, if we've been consistently through the last three years waiting, you know, your chance will come. Just take that opportunity. You know, patience is a virtue. He's, he's got a, I mean, he's, Lena, got a Lena, pretty, he's got a pretty easy job. I mean, he's coming into a team that oh, have won course, everything yeah. and dominated. They have a style of play. You've had Brendan Rodgers put everything in place. All you've got to do is carry it, continue it for the next 10 games. Why would you change it? If he gets the job, because fair enough. The, it but might why be, change it Because now? it might be in the back of Lennon's mind that if he changes it and it's successful and people can see that there's a change, that he'll be a stronger in a strong position come the opposite risk. Uh, oh, of course it's a risk. But at the same time, he wants the job. I, I think he realistically he has to make changes, not for his future or not for the... But I don't think he can try and continue to play the way that we have because I just don't think he's a good enough coach to engage those players weekly the way they were before. I think by any standards, whether you win the game or not, there was a drop in standards this week. And I know Aberdeen are really good, but look at any metric, whether it's passes attempted, passes completed, expected goals, shots and target, anything, there was a drop comparatively. Yeah. So you can put that down a number of factors. I know we're missing players, but ultimately there has been a drop-off and that is going to happen when you bring in someone who is not as good a coach. He, he has many strengths, Neil Lennon, and, and really I'm surprised he wasn't able to get them up for it a wee bit more considering Friday night and I know that's that, but that is his big strength. He can motivate uh, players, but I think they need to be coached well because they're good players they don't need to be motivated they need to be well coached each week and I just the big takeaway from Saturday was is that I just don't think we had a, a sound enough game plan to go and win that game in a day and I think Aberdeen were well well worthy of that point You were saying that you know he's desperate to get the job do you think he's that desperate to get the job? I mean do you think Neil Lennon if if things had worked out differently, if Rogers had left in the summer, do you think Neil Lennon would have expected to be one of the leading candidates for that job? No. I don't think so. No, but that's the point. No, see the fact that he's now in a position where there's no way he should be he should have been considered for the job because A, he should probably still be at Hibs. Just but that just that just obviously broke down the way he broke down. He I'm I'm, I'm guessing he he expected to beat Hibs till the end of the season. So He's lost a job and he's went straight, or he's left a job and he's went straight into the dream job for him. Again, it doesn't matter because he loves Celtic. So that he's in a position now where he's like, I'm actually not that far away from getting this gig full time. Oh my God, how can I get this gig full time? I can get this gig full time and I keep saying gig, see, that's, which that's, is annoying. That, that's, that's not really how I, I see it. I don't know. Way, maybe, maybe I'm blinkered. I don't know. But I just, I, I think he's a wee bit more 
hum- like looks a wee bit more humble in his position. That he is, as he said in his press conference, you know, he's like not doing the club a favour, but he said something kind of along those lines. He's here for the club to serve the club, whatever the club club needs. You know what I mean? I I just I think Lennon in his own head. I think he. I don't think he's so concerned about. His first thought is to get the job. I think his main concern is don't mess up this title race. Oh no, no get I, over the line. Yeah, yeah no, no that's. I think that's his only focus. And I think from a manager, a football manager's point of view, I would think. I think we would probably all agree. Would any of us go in there, no matter how good we thought we were, and try and put a stamp on things with ten games to go? I can't see it. I'm not saying he is put, trying to put a stamp on it. I'm saying that's a possibility that we might see that over the next you know, five or six games. I'm not saying that he's coming in saying, I need to stamp up my authority on this to get this job. What I'm saying is, that's a possibility. Neil Lennon, I think, first and foremost, wants Celtic to win the league because of he's a Celtic fan, essentially. he's As much as he's the manager of Celtic, he's also in a situation where he wants a job full-time, but it's a precarious situation because he doesn't want Celtic to lose the league from a professional point of view, but from just a fucking personal point of view. Yeah. I, I think the two things go hand in hand. I, yeah. I, I think if you would have said you can get a manager in last Tuesday night and they'll win two away games in Edinburgh and then they'll not get beat at home against Aberdeen, I, I would have taken that, absolutely. So he has to be commended for that. Um, the personal motives of it, I, I can't speak for, but I think like everyone else, he is a Celtic fan, but by the same token, he... He's got He's a lot a of pride in his... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he'll be thinking, if it doesn't work at Celtic, I need to make sure it can work somewhere else. So I, I think certainly his friends in the media are trying to work for him to get the job. And that's something we're reading on a daily basis. And I know we talked about it last week, but this clamour to give him the job now would just be ridiculous. I mean, yeah. why would you give him the job right now? You can give him a three-month addition and then give him the job if really needs be. Or... You know, you you can see how the season pans out and look at other candidates. Um, just uh, I wanted to make the point that um, if you'd said when the day after um, the the last manager left that three games, Aber- two games in Edinburgh, one game against Aberdeen, that we would have two wins and a draw, you would jump all over it. The the last manager is that how it is now? The last uh, the, the guy, last guy I don't Ronnie sp- Dial or whatever his name was. Um, but no, so I mean, you know, again, again, I'm just trying to put in things into perspective. We're just, um, we need. I just want this. I, I'll be honest with you. I just, I'm getting more and more nervous. And maybe, maybe I'm the nervous type anyway. And I about, about the league, aye, not the league. Aye, come on. Until we have that the trophy, in that bag. until it's in that bag. We've moved on. Uh, I got a question here from uh, from Stephen. Stephen asks, um, going by recent pods, tweets and blogs, is clear the 90 minutes in it guys are not having Neil Lennon as a manager uh, for 2019-20 and onwards. With public opinion, Neil Lennon gets the gig if he lands the treble. Does this mean, and I was thinking about this today, does this mean you'd be willing to give up the cup for getting another manager like Rose or Martinez, for example? How, how many characters do you get in Twitter now? 45 billion, turns out. Finally. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about that today, Stephen, and my answer to that would be no. I could never, ever, ever want... I, I, see, if the, you turn around and say it's a long-term future, I, I, I want to win every trophy that's going. Um, and Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I, I want... Aye. Now, if you turn around and you see there's Marco Rose there, and you can drop the Scottish Cup and he'll be the manager, 
uh, I would still take the Scottish Cup. Maybe that's well, maybe that's short termism. I, I don't know, but I love I I I love football for football, and you know, I, 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 Christian would be here going, "No, well, you've already won the league," and I don't, maybe he's finished <laughs> this week. I don't know, but. But Christian could sit there and he could probably give analytical points about, you know, progression and move forward. And you know what? He'd be right. You know, he would. But fuck it. I want to win the Scottish Cup. I love the Scottish Cup. Of course. And it, it's daft to like cutting your nose off despite your face. I mean, you've got a nice nose as well, though. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. I've always been told that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Look, we as a podcast, as a group of Celtic fans, we, from a footballing point of view, don't think that Neil Lennon's the best person for the job as individuals. Everybody can speak for himself. Personally, I don't. You can go and listen to other podcasts that love Neil Lennon and think that he should get the job right now. And there, there's plenty of them yeah. that are available. But I don't an article that's... today about how, well, how it would be good. Uh, not not how it would be good. I don't want him to be our long term manager. No, I but it's, it's the other thing that's ridiculous about it is like this idea that you can't have an opinion that's negative towards Neil Lennon. Like you can't be emotional about it I mean Celtic fans have a right to be as passionate and as emotional as they yeah. see fit at this point in time when but that's why the, the last couple of weeks have taken place and the way they have I'm talking from a I don't know the man but from a footballing point of view I was a season ticket holder when Neil Lennon was in charge and it was turgid I didn't I didn't enjoy it like the last season was awful. Yeah, I don't want to go back to that football, so I don't want him back at the the club long term. But as I said, as I argued two weeks ago when he got the job for for the rest of the season, I said to Christian, I think it's probably playing devil's advocate. It's probably the perfect appointment right now, and I, I think I, I still stand by that. I think it is, but long term, no chance. It annoys me a little that we need to qualify an opinion. Yeah. On the basis that, because I, genuinely, as I said, I think I said it last week, if you could tell me there's certain people that could go and potentially celebrate a league away at Ibrooks, I, I think Neil Lennon's in my top three. I, I would love to see that. Pure yeah. spite as well, but you know, I'm happy to admit that yeah. because I'm a huge Celtic fan. But it annoys me that you need to, we need to qualify the fact that. We don't think Lennon's maybe the man to take us forward, but I don't think that's a controversial opinion. And to no. be honest, I, I, I think I think we should be able to quite comfortably say he is the right man for the moment because we had very short notice. But if he can hopefully guide us through, for me, irrespective of what happens, I, I don't think he's the man to take us forward. Uh, just the substitutions against Aberdeen, taking Sinclair off. Um, Sinclair scored against Aberdeen a lot. Um, was he having? A, I don't think he was having a particularly good game. I'm not saying he was, but there's something about Sinclair, um, especially at home, that he can, you know. Actually, I'll ask you, Alan. I know we talked about it briefly. Does he get too hard a, a right? I know you mentioned that, that a little bit last week. I, I thought the substitution for me watching the game. I, I, I was there with a friend and I'd, I'd said at the time that I thought Ewan Henderson was the man to take off or, or the boy. I don't know. I'm, I'm at that age that I have to call him the boy. Ah, you can oh, that. man. Sorry. Um, he was the person for me to take off. Not because he's not talented or that, but I just felt like the game was passing him by a little bit. For a number 10, I like to see him come towards the ball more, whereas he was trying to get himself out wide, but wasn't necessarily coming back in. So he was going out wide, getting frustrated, not coming back in, which is a problem. So taking him off was fine um, for Edward, but the Mikey Johnson for Sinclair one, I, I, I wasn't on board with. I think it's a lot, first of all, to ask Mikey Johnson to come on against a team like Aberdeen and influence the game when it's 
very stale. Um, yeah. I think that was a that was a lot to ask of him, and I don't think Sinclair had a great first half. But by the same token, you could have probably picked four or five players. And for me, if the game had went on another twenty minutes in the first change, but I think we showed our hand a little bit too early. Um, yeah. If it works, you know, it's He's genius, a hero, and if he but doesn't, yeah. I just at the time I felt as if the double substitution was a wee bit unwarranted. Yeah, we weren't playing great, but we had control over the game. We lost that in the second half. Um, and I, I think it was a wee bit unfair on Johnston. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the point. Mikey Johnson coming on and uh, almost, here's our new creative influence, go and do something against Aberdeen, who, as you've mentioned, are rigid and know how to kind of quash a young guy, go- because he got a couple of hard knocks. Especially, and this brings up a point uh, that was made earlier, um, especially with Timo Weir on the on the bench. Um, question from... Um, Louis, do you want to just talk about Timo Weir? <laughs> Okay. Just yeah. throw so, me under the, the dialer bus. See whoever's asked the question. Just can you go back to them and ask them to definitively tell us what position Timo Weir plays? So Chris, and, and then we'll know. Chris ninety four. Chris at uh, Chris ninety four. Why is Weir getting used more sparingly now than he was in the middle of January, even under Rogers and now Lennon? His name's not actually Timo Weir. That's why it's Charlie Masonda. Oh Jesus! You get yourself so far to fuck. It's like the same thing, like. He starts off, looks dead promising, and then disappears. It's weird. It's not his fault, though. He, he's he's scored against no, St. Johnson away. He I, I scored, don't get it. He no. scored a couple of goals. He's been a late substitute. He came on against Aberdeen. He didn't do... He wasn't as influential because, A, I don't think he had the time, and B, it was just that game was dead. I just don't understand why we've got a guy on loan from PSG um, and you take put on Mikey Johnson. Not that, again, I'm, I'm not saying I, I love Mikey Johnson. I think Mikey Johnson has a massive future. But if we've got this guy on loan for a finite amount of time and he was brought in with some fanfare and he scored goals and he's had been a bit influential, as you say, Alan, maybe we don't know his right position. I, I, watching him, I genuinely... I th- I th- he's got a lot of talent on the ball, but I, I don't know what position. I don't, I don't think he wants to play as a 10, but I don't think he's an out and out winger. And he's certainly not a striker. So, And you've got to remember as well that both Rodgers and Lennon have now, Lennon granted for a week, I've seen him in training. There's always this myth about, myth about guys that aren't in the team, but see if you train five days a week with talented players, you, you will come to the top if you've got that talent. It's not that I don't think he's got ability, I just don't know where he plays. Also, just as an, a complete side note, when a player coming to play for Celtic is called Timothy and he has to be called Timo uh, alarm bells right away for me <laughs> no, no, not for you. it's a very valid point it's an excellent point no. uh, so just moving on away from the, the Aberdeen game um, there's been some man- manager speculation some manager speculation um, Brian Hamill asks uh, I know the whole director of football on rotating coach setup is very trendy just now but does anyone else struggle to see why it's viewed as so superior I worry having people other than the manager identifying and buying players as a way to make an already difficult process even more useful. It's an interesting point. Christian's article goes into that a little bit. What I'm planning on doing is uh, over the next couple of weeks when we've got some time, doing doing a podcast about directors of football. Uh, Alan, I think you'd be going to get someone. Uh, potentially, potentially. <laughs> go straight uh, to the top. We'll go straight to the top. But um, so I mean, it's an interesting point because I'll be honest as well. I'm not as a uh, 
fam- wholly familiar. I, I know there's certain I, I've seen some sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think Michael Zork um, in Dortmund's uh, a, a lot quoted quite a bit. What's your kind of take on the director of football thing? I think now with we've been quite fortunate with managers over the years for the most part, and that we've had managers for three to four years. Um, you know, but that's not the norm um, across Europe. Europe, yeah. And I think going forward, especially if we want to model ourselves as a club, and whether we like it or not, we are modelling ourselves at being a progressive European club. And also a a gateway to maybe the top six teams in England. And I think that's probably, in terms of Scottish football and our European aspirations at the moment, that's probably what you could say to a manager. If they do really, really well here, then you could go to a top six club in England. And by doing well, I mean not doing Brendan Rodgers well. I mean breaking through in Europe. You could potentially attract a top six club in England. You know, look at what Rodgers done and then add on to that maybe Champions League progression or Europa League success. Leicester doesn't then become the ceiling. It becomes the floor. And I think if you want to do that, as a club, that's great because you have that two years of success with that manager. But also, if you're marketing yourself, is that what you then need to have as a structure that will be able to cope with that person coming in and then leaving very quickly? And I think if you want to do that and you always want to bring in young, progressive coaches and have them do well here and then be able to move on to maybe bigger things, which understandably they do, then you need to do that. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to attract those coaches. Um, you know, the sexy one at the moment that we all talk about and you hear about is Marco Rose. Realistically, his dream job is not coming to Celtic. I know he's a Celtic scarf on. But if you say to him, we're yeah, a gateway. come here. We're a gateway. Exactly. We're, we're then a gateway to... You, you need to not be thinking about what's he going to do over that two years. You then need to be thinking, okay, even if he, if he does do well, he's gone in two years. How do we cope with that? And not be in the situation we're almost in at the moment. That's what a director of football can do. You need to be careful, though, to get the right appointment, even more so than a manager. You need to get the right director of football in. Someone who sees themselves at the club for 10, 15, 20 years, not a year. if you look at someone like Michael Zork, who was the captain of Dortmund, and he was a fantastic footballer, um, and he's kind of written into their kind of history, could Lennon be the director of football? I I, I think he's a coach. I think he sees himself as a a training ground motivator. I'm not sure he sees himself as the type of person who he probably looks over the yeah. overall structure of the club, but I, I can't speak for him. I think you're looking for someone who maybe isn't interested in being on the training ground every day, someone who wants to oversee the scouting team, wants to have input into recruitment. I think that's more what you're looking for. And if you're looking maybe for someone in terms of um, you know, an ex-player, the person that springs to mind for me, who's oh, here we seen go. his he's day, got a, oh, he's got a wee smile on here his it face. comes. Here we go. Someone like John Collins potentially would be someone who could take that role, who has probably little interest now in getting back into day to day coaching, but someone who Wants has an awareness of, of it, uh, has as well aware of the, the the understanding of the game, has played not just in Scotland, probably has good contacts. That's maybe an avenue you're looking down, as opposed to a training ground coach. Uh, Louis, speculation this week and last couple of days specifically, Roberto Martinez. Oh, no. Uh, thoughts on... Now, Steve, as we should point out that Stephen McGowan has kind of came out and quoted that, you know, he's been made aware, Stephen McGowan, the, the journalist, that 
he wants to stay. He's been told, led to believe that Martinez wants to stay till 2020 because that's the next Euros. That's the Euros. Um, there's also speculation that his wife, maybe his his wife's from um, just outside Glasgow. She's maybe want to come home. Maybe she's a bit homesick. Um, how does it make you feel, the idea of Roberto Martinez? Sick. <laughs> Fuck it. No, I, um, I think that, I think that was the Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I've got my heart set in Marco Rose. I, I, I just want him. Oh, I just really want him. <laughs> no, that's that's the end of what you're not. No, I, I think Martinez. I think I think there's a wee bit of a there's a wee bit of the Neil Beaton's going on with, with Roberto Martinez, right? In the past, we've thought he was a player, a, a manager, and then. He ended up shite, and then he went away <laughs> for ages. And now we're being linked to him again. We start thinking because he's been on the subs bench for so long. We start thinking he's a player again. Let's bring him back. Let's get him back in the fold. It's not going to work out. Roberto Martinez isn't he really that good? So a couple of points. Firstly, any manager who we get is never going to be at the top of their game. They're never going to be the English Premiership. We're never going to get a top six manager. We're barely going to get him. People are leaving us for Leicester. So we're always going to have to have a manager with a bit of a, you know, a couple of issues with their CV, right? Yeah, I get, I get so, that. But Martinez talks a very good game, and we've been we've been done with a talker recently, right? Although undoubtedly. He'd done a wee job, right? But he was a snake, a rat. Um, <laughs> the, the, he was? The, the, the other thing is, was he, not getting a, was he not getting pretty much ridiculed as the Belgian manager until the last major tournament where they'd done it no bad? But before that, he was taking a bit of a tanking. So I don't think... Uh, so that squad got to the semi-finals of the World Cup, which is probably the bare minimum that that, that squad needed to do. I'd say that the talent on 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 show. Um, so from that point of view, essentially, I think he, he's done his job with Belgium. They lost to France in the semi-finals. Fair enough. Job, job ticked. Wigan, he did very well. I know they got relegated, but they won the FA Cup. Um, they avoided relegation with, what two years in a row, and then they finally got relegated. Fair enough. Swansea did well. Created a style. <laughs> Yeah, Swansea for me is a question mark. Is it? Well, Everton's not the question mark. Everton. Well, uh, Everton for me is just a... Basket case club again. Yeah, it was at the time. He did well in his first season, and then after that, it kind of mid- mid- mediocrity. And then new owners... The, the fans really turned against Everton, which I did struggle to understand at the time. I, I know that you maybe want to you know, finish fourth or fifth, and Everton have always... You know, under Moyes, he done really well getting the Champions League a couple of times, but I don't think that was realistic for Martinez. Um, Belgium, he was genuinely against Japan. He was probably ten minutes away from being sacked, and then obviously they won that game. Then um, you know, went from there. For me, it, it's one that he's a good coach. I think if we had a structure, I'd be more comfortable. But I wouldn't want him in just as manager in the same way that Rogers was. I, I don't think I'd be too happy with that. I can see why he's linked, but if, unless we have a structure above him, he's not for me. I don't think he's the type of person to handle a club like Celtic and take that job on. Do you think Do it would be too much for him to? Because there's a difference between there's a difference between. You know, being an obviously there's a difference between international football and club football straight away. But there's a difference between. Wigan, 
even Everton and Swansea and then winning leagues. And the thing about Rogers is Rogers did almost did that with Liverpool, so he knew he he got he knew that pressure. The, the other thing would be I take it that if you go for Martinez, you're gonna he's gonna obviously have Sean Maloney coming along with him. Surely the compensation would be quite hefty for the two of them from Belgium. I think the contracts are up in June of next year, so you're probably talking about whatever it is, fifteen months of compensation. Um, so for me, it's not really a, a. I think you would be able to do that. I can't imagine they're on Sean Maloney's on crazy money. No, um, no. I, I just think more for me. I think he's a good coach. I would be more than happy from training the first team. I just don't know if, given the experience with Everton, granted he may have learned from it. He done, he done well at Swansea. I know he won the cup with Wigan. It's history to me. Doesn't tell me. It's not getting a, me excited, is it? Alan? It's not. It's, it's not. Absolutely. I can tell it's not it. another candidate. I mean, I, I can't think of a name off the top of my head, but I think Louis probably can. Um, it's not the the sexy appointment. His name's Marco Rose. That, that is actually quite a good name. Yeah. Um, See if you could pick a name. Kissed by a rose. You wouldn't pick Christopher Gallagher, but you'd pick Marco Rose, wouldn't you? Fuck up. Um, <laughs> as I say, I've done an article about Lennon and he, here are, thank you very much here are a few 90minutesinite.com here's where I think if he did come in and again as, as we've, we've warranted uh, and we've commented consistently we don't want him to be the permanent manager but if he did come in he understands the job um, long term stability I think would be the the idea that Lennon would take the manager's job let's say for two or three years and then there would be some sort of handover towards John to uh, to John Kennedy. Um, a lot of people questioning how do we know that John Kennedy's highly rated? We know. Okay, we know. Good good authority. Good authority. What about John out. Kennedy's director of football, which has been much? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, speculated. Looks good in a suit. He does look. Talks his. very well. I mean, he comes mm. across as very astute and as if he'd have the smarts for the job because I mean, it would be. He comes across well as. Which oh, probably he's probably a total to, shit. Yeah. But, but to us, he comes mean, across really well. Aye, yeah. He talks to me nice. Uh, so, I mean, there, there would be positive to, to Lenin, in char- Lenin being in charge, because I, I'll be honest, I'm now at the right, point... All right, you've overdone the We Love Lenin chat. No, 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 no. I think it probably will be Lenin. If only there's an article that we could read. You know, no, no. Could. Fuck up. <laughs> uh, because, if we, okay, so if we look at Martinez, so, you know, the rumours going round, there's a short list and, you know... Martinez is on it, Lennon's on it, Rose is on it. There's maybe one or two other names. Is part of that, is there a sort of idea that, you know, these rumours are started so that we can think that things are happening, but they've already decided on Lennon? So for me, the, the, how do we market ourselves? Like we were kind of going back, going back to Mark Rose. How do, we, how do we sell it to Mark Rose and where does that leave us in, say, three years? if he does well here. Let's think about it that way. Great, another three years under another manager, but we're still in the same position again three years down the line and then we have to go and scramble and find another manager. I, I just don't see it. I know you would like him in. I don't know what your yeah, thoughts yeah, on Yeah, I think it. I think, he, I think he's, he looks like he's a great coach and he's definitely improved the, the, the players that he's got there, but I just don't see him coming to Glasgow even if we can sell him on the, the Premier League. I would like us to ask the question, but... I, th- I think he goes to the Bundesliga. I think he goes to Wolfsburg, Hoffenheim. I know he's he's been kind of hanging off apparently and signing this contract with Hoffenheim, but I think it's for a better job in the Bundesliga as opposed to Celtic. Um, 
are you going to give the guy a budget? Is he going to like the structure he's working under? There's too many questions for me. So, so I think um, that's what stops us going for a manager like that now, um, unfortunately. If, if Marco Rose meets with the board and... Do you think it would be as much... Because he is quite highly rated, do you think it would be as much him them selling the club to him as much as him selling himself to the club? Well, the options he's got at the moment are that he can go to a club in Germany with a much superior budget to us and then probably go straight to England. Or he could come here and then go straight to England. And I just think for him, the less risky option would be to go to the Bundesliga because in, he, he's well experienced. He's already been assistant at Mines. Um, do you I, think? Do you think the board would be working behind the scenes of the now? Like, see this whole Martinez thing. I, I, I definitely think they are. I think I, they need to be seen. And I think that as much as we criticise the board, I don't think they're they're not going to explore options. I don't think they're just going to decide. Because it's Lennon here's now a question. And that's it. Here's a question. I have my own opinion. <laughs> Does 10 in a row turn managers on or turn managers off? Because you lose that, you're going to forever have that over you. You win it, you're always going to have that acclaim that no other manager will have. I worry that that puts people off. It wouldn't put Neil Lennon off, absolutely not. But some managers will see that as it's too risky a time. I think that if you are being interviewed for the Celtic manager's job, you have to win the league. Like I, I see. I think you can put ten out of the back of your head. You have to win the league. If we don't win the league, let's say let's say we get ten in a row, and then but that's number one in the remit. No, okay. Well, let let let's say it's a normal season. Let's say ten in a row isn't here. You have to win the league as Celtic manager. Anyway, so if if you're put off by the fact that you need to win the league every year. Then you're not cut out to be the Celtic I know, manager. I know, no, I get that. But if you're if you're viewing it, it I think it'd be any other time. Yes, you view it as you Does take it, you take the you're in a title race. You're you're in a league season. You're demanded to win the league, but you're not seeing it in isolation. You're gonna see it as it's these two. It's these two to make the ten. And anybody who comes into the job is going to know that because that surely at this point in time maybe wasn't so much with the Rogers appointment because we weren't as close to it but now the closer we get the focus is on that for me I think even you can I think the focus will even go away from Europe for the next couple of seasons and it's on that well, the focus can't go away. Whether from it's right or wrong, it, we need I know, to make but, money. You know, you know, we I, can't we can't fall further and further but, behind. But from the, the thing Champions is, League. the club, the club aren't going to change their ways. I don't think the, the the thing that always annoys us is the fact that they're so frugal. But right through the qualifiers, we don't invest until we know whether we're going to be in the Champions League or not. So we don't put I ourselves think, in the best position to I qualify. Think, I think, and that's certainly not going to change now. I think they will would have learned from last summer. And having said that, we spent £9 million on fucking Edward. So, we spent £9 million on one player. We always said that we'd rather spend £9 million on one brilliant player than three or four £3 million players who are average. So, I mean, you know, a little bit of balance, you know what I mean? I, I don't think managers out with the kind of bubble that we live in don't probably don't really think about it. They just think about winning the league. Um, for me, the kind of slight subplot to it is this could potentially, I, I, I don't know 
Peter Law. I don't know anything about his intentions, but this could potentially be his last appointment as Celtic chief executive if it's a good appointment. And I think I don't think that will be lost on him. Uh, but I hope not. I think that he will try and leave a lasting legacy in place. So if you bring a manager in and he's here for three or four years, then you know, that would take him to almost state retirement age. Yeah. Um, so I, I would hope that he wants to then leave something that will last long after he's gone as well, um, so that the, that can then be added to his kind of almost his legacy. Whatever you think of that. Yeah, we. I mean, obviously, there's the international break coming up as well, so we've got a couple of weeks. We've got some really interesting uh, interviews lined up. A couple of articles and uh, interviews coming up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What was that? Uh, but yeah, we got some interesting stuff. But I think we're going to maybe do two feature podcasts. One on the Christian host one. No, I love that Dutch guy. Hi, how's you going? I'm Christian Wolf. Schmoke. Don't know what that one was. Smoking a pancake. Yes, <laughs> gold. That's <laughs> Jesus. You're quoting Austin Powers. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but so I. So what we'll do is we'll do a director of football uh, podcast where we kind of break it down. I think that would be really interesting. Maybe look at the X. Is that wrestling thing? Oh, wrestling. I, I'm still reeling from Louis mentioning a British agent on this podcast. I'm quite surprised what? at that. A British agent, Austin Powers. Oh. Very surprised at that. You're not supposed to relieve nah. the man of the crown? Did, did he miss the house rules? Or? You know, you can, you can, uh, can have That'll a That'll be me off the minute by minute. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'd have lost a few more followers. Uh, but looking towards Dundee, We've got Dundee away on Sunday. Is it Sunday? Yes, Sunday. Um, It's just looking at... Sorry, you can just say it. Sorry. (laughs) Just on managerial appointments. um, I think someone had asked (laughs) if you had a shortlist. And just for sheer entertainment What's your three-man shortlist? Um, Bielsa, Rose, and probably would be Martinez. Um, if the right structure was in place, um, but Bielsa by far and away. I was actually looking at his um, his kind of managerial career. He likes a year at a team. If Leeds don't go up this year, sometimes he likes a press conference at a team. Ah, <laughs> can, can you imagine Scottish media if Bielsa took a job? He's fucking unbelievable. Ah. He dominates life. <laughs> oh, the, the guy is. Whether you like oh. him as a as a. The attention to detail would blow even Brendan Rodgers out of water. Yeah, entirely different style. But it would be incredible. Entertainment-wise, it would be fantastic. I don't think I want that level of entertainment. I just want to win. It would make the last... Maybe in three years' time. Oh, yeah, exactly. It would make, I think laugh. it would make nine and ten would be... Oh, it'd be heart-wrenching, but... God, it would be I don't want to listen. I don't care about it. Just give us a ten and we'll, and we'll piss about for a bit. Six up front, too. <laughs> it feels like, uh, feels like an adrenaline I want shot the title right over by Christmas. Three people in the half space. You know, <laughs> unbelievable. I, I, I'm in. Uh, who would your... Um, Three, have you had a, off the top of your head? Rose would be your number one. Yeah, Rose would be number one. Um, hmm. So I'd love Eddie Howe, right? There was no way we're getting Eddie Howe because he's at Birmingham. Um, How, I, don't, I don't think he, he doesn't go, just, I know we're going on a tangent, he doesn't go straight from Bournemouth to, to an Arsenal because he hasn't won anything. That that You need to prove, I think, you need to prove that you can 
get teams over the line. And I think he's a great coach. And I genuinely think he's a really talented manager. But he doesn't go straight to a top four team, I don't think. And if, if he does, it's a huge appointment. He doesn't get the Chelsea You job. don't think he'd be linked to Everton if, if your man gets sacked in the next couple of weeks? Potential Everton appointments, I have no idea what they are. What their plan um, is. What they're, because they, they've tried everything there and they just can't get it right. I, I, by the way, I don't think we'd get Eddie Howe. I'm just, no, I, I don't think so either. But I don't think, again, I think that's a level... The conversation be had? Yeah, that, that's a level of ambition I like to kind of hear. I, I, I think it would be a struggle as well, but... I don't think he goes, guys like that, you can then say, look, you can come here and show that you can win trophies. Now, had Rodgers stuck it out a little bit more and made that breakthrough in Europe, he could have been the manager that went, say, to Arsenal or a Chelsea. Yeah. But because he didn't, that's what precluded him from those jobs. So that's where you need to say, right, okay, we had a manager who was very successful domestically, but if you come in and then you're successful in Europe, you can break that. And I think that's where, where your target market is. Or you just do the opposite and go for, you know, the other guys we've named but that's where you can pitch now it's, it's a hard pitch and it's a hard sell but there's a gap there and taking a bridge between those guys um, so have the conversation yeah you can only turn around and say no yeah. and I know it, it, my voice it, it, went it, really it, high there but <laughs> it's excitement yeah, yeah. Um, Marco Rose number one David Wagner oh. <sighs> he's the cheap Roberto Martinez from <laughs> cheap Roberto <laughs> yeah. Nice glasses um, though. Very yeah, nice glasses. Yeah. Seems Excellent like just spectrum. a nice guy. Like, give him yeah. a job. Um, There's something hiding behind those eyes. If the mask ever taught me anything, it was that nice guys finish last. Yes, that's true. The or, or 11th or 12th or whatever. Yeah, can you, know. you stop fiddling? Sorry, man. With, um, with the microphone just with the microphone um, There's nothing sinister happening. And well, debatable. I don't know. I don't know. Jack Ross. <laughs> he's got tired there and he can't, bothered, he, he, he can't be bothered thinking of a, a third choice I think, Mar- I think Marcello Bielsa would be some crack to be fair um, I, I just know the new I just know the new that would give you palpitations yeah, imagine certain people in asking him they would love it because it would be entertainment value but the, the way it would change the dynamic I think would really force not think, all Jinky take your job not now. If I'd, Leeds get promoted, I don't think so. I think if Leeds get promoted, but I would, it wouldn't surprise me if Leeds didn't get promoted that he's, I don't think he's going to stick around. That takes a lot out of you, that championship. Oh, aye. 48 game season, a 46 game season, potentially playoffs. That's a lot. Um, I, he, he takes strange appointments. Look at his CV. He has no... Yeah, he's quite happy to do what he likes. Yeah. Um, looking at Dundee, uh, Dundee have... Uh, it went from Marseille or Bielsa oh, to fucking Dundee away. Uh, uh, are you worried about Dundee? Uh, we've got Dundee on Sunday. Um, Dundee are on a... Uh, they've lost the last three games, seven goals against, 2-4. They've lost to Hearts, they've lost to Hibs, and they've lost to Rangers. Um, Dent Park... Our, our um, away record currently sitting at 1-7, drawn 3, lost 4, um, which isn't great, but it's not the end of... He's showing something on the phone. Show me. What is it? It's 1-0 uh, to Aberdeen. Delicious. Too, too early. Three minutes in. Too early. Always be concerned. Well, let's round this up. <laughs> there is literally four minutes left, six right. minutes left of the podcast. So right. you, you want to Dundee. go... In the bag. <laughs> now, what are your thoughts on Dundee? So he says he says Dundee in the bag. He's literally finished. <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking at it in terms of what we've got before the split. Yeah, that's and, always and, and I. For yeah, me, so. yeah, we've got we've got Dundee away, but you've got to, you've got to go and win. 
you know, you're on the home stretch to, towards the, the eighth title. You've just got to go and win that game, whether it's good, bad. I've seen a lot of turgid performances yeah. at that Dead stadium. Park, yeah. It's a hard place to play just because of the kind of dynamics of the stadium. But you've got to go and win there. After that, you've got Rangers at home, St Mirren away and Livingston at home. You've got four games before the split and you've realistically, you need 10 points. You take 10 points from them, you go into the split and hopefully at least the position we're in. The reason I say 10 points is because it means you've got a match. Either beat Rangers draw. or you draw Exactly. Rangers, yeah. If we take 10 points from the next four games, I'll be happy. And whatever sequence. I don't think... Yeah, I think it would be, actually. I think if you got 10 from that, just bear in mind that Rangers is one of those games I think it would be. Now, if we win those three games and we draw Rangers at home, don't get me wrong, I, I really want to beat Rangers at home and I'd love to see Lennon, Lennon win that yeah. game. And I think it would be, in a lot of ways, it would be very um, very cathartic. But if we get 10 points from that, then going into a split, then I would be happy because after the split, you're going to have some really tough games. Obviously, the kind of the way the fixtures work out, but you're probably going to have Rangers away, Aberdeen away, which is two very tough games. Um, so I think 10 points from the next four games, I'll be happy, irrespective um, of how that pans out. Rangers have got Kilmarnock at home, Celtic away, obviously, Hearts at home, and Motherwell away. I'm thinking they're going to drop points at, um, for Park. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, so w- with that, we've got this game on Sunday. Um, and as I say, you know... You know, how do you approach that? Do you, if Callum McGregor's fit, do you put him right back into the team? I think one of the problems with Aberdeen is the transitions were so slow with Lennon and um, with Lennon with with Brown and Bitton. The midfield did kind of slow down a bit. There wasn't, and I'm not saying it should be a frantic played at a frantic pace, but just breaking a little bit quicker and moving the ball on a little bit quicker. I think that's something we've always kind of criticised Bitton about. Um, looking at Dundee, would you? You'd go Tierney. You'd go Toljan. Jeremy, Jesus, I, I, Jeremy, I, I put you up on a pedestal, son. Where, where's, my, where's my right back? I made my name off of you. Where's my right back? You want to see them out of merchandise? I'm trying to punt. Back of the van. I feel like Del Boy. <laughs> there, there's still hope for Tillian, although the, the one thing that really annoyed me actually... Tell you there's no hope for him, but he's not getting in that Bruce Dortmund team. Well, he's not getting in that Bruce Dortmund team, but apparently since um, Tolyan joined, they've been watching his performances, they're now interested in the other side, Tierney. So if we have to cut this tie with Tolyan right away to keep Tierney, I'm all for that. How could have been have they, they, they seen Well, they, they obviously watched a player, Aye. and to be fair, Dortmund have had a bit of an issue for a number of years at left back, and suddenly they're now thinking, oh, we'd like a piece of that Kieran Tierney action. So 50 billion quid, please. Um, so I'm that's we we are the only team that can bring in a player and think he's <laughs> going to improve our team. And actually, they go, "Oh, we really like some of the other players. We'd like to buy him." So Tolian can day one. Yeah, Did that. you see um, uh, Scott Bain uh, just decided that um, McGregor was going to retire from Scotland because he decided to take his place because that's the sort of guy he is. Because he dominates, dominates life. Yep. You're on, the, you're on the Bain bus now. I'm right? on the Bain bus. I was. Thanks for th- thanks for. Getting a ticket. You are, of course, the conductor. Uh-huh. Um, Chris Armani must be wanting to punch walls as he's hearing this. Yeah, he'll get something right at some point. You know <laughs> what I mean? Bro- broken clock and all that. Uh, Bain, <coughs> Toljan, K- Kieran Tierney. Who's your centre-back? I've actually, I think Ayer, over the last couple of weeks, to me, has been really good. I think Ayer, boy, yeah, has to be. Um, to be honest, if you can go right through to the end of the season with that pairing, yeah. um, I'd be quite happy with that. They're both our players, at least for the short term. I think one of them is definitely going to the end of the season. Right. Um, I don't it's think uh, there's any hope. The big man no back? Who? Philippe? Huh. No. No, no. I no? Don't, don't. 
No. The, the, oh, is, that, is that a boy from Leicester, eh? <laughs> oh, uh, we. Enough for me. Are we done with him? I'm not done with him. I just think. I think. Ah, yeah. Do you part of the Rats departure? <laughs> uh, Jozo, no chance for you guys, no? Aye, ah, over by Atta all day of the week. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's a rat. Get him out. <laughs> Uh, it's like McCarthyism. It's unbelievable. Um, no, there's a manager. Get contract with Ireland. I would see. I would really want to go and do the press conferences if Mick McCarthy became the manager. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? Does him just now? Is it a? We've got a few guys. Oh right, okay. Well, if Mick McCarthy becomes the manager, I'm taking four cans of lager and I'm going down. <laughs> well, Mick, our bags would be Elsa. Mick, help yourself to a can. <laughs> You just chant away. Uh, middle five, four, three. I, I think you go probably. I, I don't know how. Do you play Brown and on again? I think you go Brown Bitton and Henderson again. To be honest, you you got to realise the difference between playing um, Aberdeen and playing Dundee. Yeah, three points is three points, but I, I think it's not that that three weren't. I just think you have to prepare them better and say this is what we want to do. This is how and, they're going to play. And Henderson will have learnt a lot from. Saturday, I think. Yeah. Um. So I, I would be quite happy to be honest if we went the same team again. I'd like to see. I don't know what the issue with Eduard is in terms of if they're trying to nurse him back because obviously he has missed a lot of season of injury. But if he is fit, then I think you should be starting the games before Ollie Buck. I think he's. Our, I think he's. Our, he's clearly our best striker by some distance. Oh yeah, I don't think. A, but I'm assuming they're trying to nurse him back. Uh, just as we're finishing, oh, actually, do you know what? We'll go predictions. Prediction for Sunday with the Dundee game. I think Celtic went 2 nothing. Uh, 4-0. <laughs> Dominate. Who's your goal scorers, Lee? Um, Jesus. KT. Oh, we eyes go up there. Uh, who else is playing? Jesus Christ. Uh, Burke with two, because I'm lazy. And uh, Timo Weir. Yeah. Uh, final question from Stephen Cavani: Do you prefer invisible trigger ASMR, barber head massage uh, ASMR, or role play ASMR? Um, any other ones, please specify. I'll I, try it in once. I'll try. I'll tell you something, uh, and I don't know, Stephen, if you've tried this. Uh, for me personally, the best sort of ASMR is um, being at the optician. Alan's writing something down. Just taking notes. Do I need to go into Google Private for that? No, it's, there's an absolute, there's nothing sexual about it. We in the ASMR community consistently say that. Uh, that's our podcast. Uh, we, obviously there's the international break, but we'll still be recording. Um, we'll still have podcasts next week. Um, think about what your favourite Thomas Gravison uh, story is, and that'll become relevant at some point. Over is the Tommy coming on? Well, maybe, maybe Tom, not. Tommy Coyne, more likely. <laughs> Tommy I, Coyne. I would love that. Yeah, Tommy Coyne. I'm good guy, Tommy. Um, Do I need to come up with a new manager for next week? Because I went Roy Keane last week, Marcelo Bielsa this week. Yes, we want something fancier. Um, fancier than Marcelo Bielsa. Jeez. So, yeah. 90minutesynic.com is the website check it out we do some terrific previews Matt's been great on the previews uh, check out the previews there um, also some interesting and fun articles check out at 90 Minute Cynic. check our Twitter for the minute by minute at your peril um, also <laughs> just uh, check us out on iTunes check us out on Google Podcasts Spotify all the usual stuff at 90 Minute Cynic is our Twitter and that's where we, you'll get all our links and our details Alan Edgar Thank you very much. Pleasure Lovely evening. Always. Horrible outside. That's two in a row. Are you going to be here for the 10? 
Yes. You'd hate to be the podcaster that breaks the I, I feel like Brendan right now. I will be here until the 10. Yeah, and then he turns up some other effing podcast. I'm, I'm literally texting another podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lou McCaffrey, uh, Mac, the Mac Daddy of the podcast. Second name's McCaffrey, of course. Um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for qualifying that. Um, it's been good. Been good to be back. I'm sure the listeners are happy. With you being back, yep, of course. And I'll, uh, I'll see them next week. I'm Chris Gallagher. We're the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. Yeah.